0: Father, we just thank you for your presence here in this place. And Holy Spirit, we invite you. Thank you that you are here and that you are near. And Lord, it's my prayer that you will just speak to every person under the sound of my voice today. Lord, I message that will truly impact them and Holy Spirit would you help me to deliver this message in a way that would delight your heart and bring pleasure to you father I ask in the wonderful name of Jesus and everyone said well good morning everybody and I want to welcome all our campuses in this morning all the way from down the island and over into Sydney. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. I should say, Happy New Year. Bit late, but better late than never. I've just uh, returned and had the most wonderful holiday I've ever had in my life. I want to thank you for your prayers. There was all the usual stuff like, you know, relaxing and reading and time with the grandkids and out at the beach showing off my washboard abs. (laughs) It's a lot of attention. It's all over social media, I'm sure. I haven't looked, but I'm sure it is. And it it was just great. But what made it so fantastic was... Extraordinary, really. The Holy Spirit gave me a great hunger for God. And I was able to spend significant amounts of time in prayer and in the Word. And God gave me these amazing revelations of how the Christian life and service is meant to be worked out, and meant to be done. I remember praying and thinking, God, why didn't you show me this 50 years ago? I mean, 30 years ago, I'm not 50 yet. 30 years ago. Why did you wait so long? As a result, I'm I'm a more free person today than I've ever been in my life, because the truth sets you free. And as I stand before you today, campuses, I can honestly say that I'm closer to God today than when you last saw me. Getting closer to God is the ultimate achievement of life. Would you agree? This is the mountaintop. This is Everest. It doesn't get any better. And my prayer is that throughout the course of this year, you also will come into a relationship with God that will blow your mind. doesn't matter how close you think you are to God. You're nowhere near what is possible. (laughs) So this year, why don't you keep that thought in mind? In John 20, verse 19, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you." After the death of Jesus, the disciples were full of fear and locked away in this second floor room. All the statements of bravado, we'll never leave you, we'll die with you, we'll go wherever, it's all gone. <laughs> They're locked away now and terrified, hiding in this room, locked in the four walls. The church of Jesus Christ began with frightened disciples locked inside four walls. Sound familiar? Much of the church in the West today is still locked inside the four walls of the church. Those broken and lost people we need to reach are outside the walls. And that's the challenge of the Holy Spirit that you and I face today. You ask the question, what will it take to get us outside the four walls? It's going to take exactly what it took the early church. And that was the Holy Spirit visited them, filled them with the Spirit, and then went out and turned the world upside down. So it's my prayer that god will meet afresh with me and my heart and give me a fresh passion and hunger for a a lost and a broken world now to be fair we've made some good progress church unlimited in getting outside the four walls over the past year last year approximately 800 salvations across campuses and many added to the church. Come on, put your hands together for what you have done. Thank you campuses for the part that you have played as well. We've made some good progress, but we need to make more progress because communities in Kaitaia, Whangarei, City, West, Rotorua, Sydney, wherever you name it, mostly remain unsaved and untouched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's a challenge that God has laid upon my heart over the last while, and I'm really preaching to myself. If you want to listen in, feel free to do so. But God's challenged me in a quite a profound way, really. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered It's a command to be obeyed. That was from the words of the great China Inland missionary, one of the greatest missionaries of all time, Hudson Taylor. He's been my champion for so long. And this is why we do New Zealand and beyond. It's our response to the command of Jesus to reach a lost world with his gospel. Our problems began in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes, she took of its fruit and ate. She gave to her husband with her, and he ate. And the impact of the fall of man has been nothing less than catastrophic. No other event in the history of the world has resulted in greater disaster. And our world, which was designed to be heaven on earth, is now filled with wars. Famines, millions of people dying, earthquakes, tsunamis, fear, hopelessness, homelessness, suicide, domestic abuse, brokenness, the list goes on and on. The misery that our world is today confronting is beyond comprehension and beyond understanding. Mental health, depression, loneliness, the things that you and so many people struggle with today came as a result of this fall of man in the Garden of Eden. And you see it daily on the news. And this phrase has been in my spirit for some time now, that the earth is convulsing under the weight of sin. The earth is convulsing under the weight of sin. See, we Christians really are the only ones who understand what's going on, of why these things have all been prophesied, by the way, in the Bible. And the world is doing everything in their power to make right what is wrong. Inventions are being made, cures for diseases, they're trying to hold this world together that is an absolute free fall. But friends, I'll never succeed because the root of the problem is sin and the fall of man. And everything the world does with all its brilliance, because they're made in the image of God, so man is brilliant and can do so much. But with all the answers that he's come up, all the philosophies, all the theories, all the books, all the ways of how to do relationship well, We're worse than ever. They're not dealing with the core. The catastrophic results of the fall of man are beyond understanding. So until Jesus returns, the inhabitants of the earth live in a state of extraordinary emergency. The stakes could not be higher. Thousands are falling headlong into a lost eternity. Every day, without hope, without a future. In addition to this, creation itself has felt the weight of the fall of man. Romans eight twenty one to twenty two. Listen to this: because the creation itself, our planet, also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into glorious liberty. For we know the whole of creation groans and labors and labors with birth pangs together until now. Sin and the fall has affected the planet. That's why you have the disasters and the floods and the earthquakes and global warming. That's where it's all originated from, friends. The core issue. So we have understanding. New Zealand is considered a very high risk for natural disasters. just want you to imagine, and God forbid, imagine for a moment a volcanic eruption or a massive flood to hit our region or your region, wherever you are. And many people around you are losing their lives, dying. What would you do? What would you do? Tell the person next to you, go on, tell them, what would you do? There's a volcano, there's a flood, there's a tsunami, people are dying all over the place. What would you tell them? Talk to them. Go to bed? What would you do? There's not a lot of talk going on, but there you go. Maybe there's more on the campuses. What would you do? You're sitting watching TV. You're having time with friends there's a disaster. What would you do? What would I do? Well, can I suggest that no able-bodied person would refuse to do all that they could to save as many as possible. Is that right? No one would feel they could stand by and do nothing. Because this is the accepted code by which society functions. The emergency for some becomes the emergency for all. No one talks of normal times until the emergency is over. Friends, we're not living in normal times. Masses all around us remain unsafe. This is the emergency of all emergencies. People who are not reached with the gospel will suffer a fate infinitely worse than death, a lost eternity separated from God in hell. Christians alone are in the position to save the perishing. And God is saying to me, Ta, you can no longer live as if things are normal. Nothing is normal. The lost are perishing. The unsaved are dying. We are in a state of emergency. I can no longer sit back and watch this world decline into the abyss. Times are not more normal. This is an emergency. And I must give all in my power and ability to rescue the perishing. To save even one from a lost eternity is worth it. Times are not normal, friends. This is an emergency. And an emergency for one is an emergency for all. We cannot rest until the emergency is over when Christ comes to restore restored humanity and reigns and rules forever in his eternal kingdom, to which we so look forward to. But in the meantime, there is a job to be done. New Zealand and beyond is our response to the state of emergency. I'm preaching to myself, feel free to listen. The church says, Oswald J. Smith, that does not evangelize, will fossilize. Could I add, got a DVD clip coming in just a moment. If as Christians we don't evangelize, we fossilize. This is an emergency. Check this out.
1: The job is not done in the world that Christ gave us to do and the mandate is still binding on us today that's why we speak of unreached people groups that's the task of missions it's not over that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven and the alternative is hell and millions and millions and millions of people are on their way there and we have the only means of escape in our heads and in our hearts Jesus Christ. There are many prodigal sons-
0: very compelling, this is an emergency, and we can do something, you can do something, we can all do something, it's not a call to go overseas unless God says, but we can do something, Matthew 27, 65, you have a guard of soldiers Go make it as secure as you can. When Jesus was dead and buried with a big stone rolled against the tomb, the Pharisees came to Pilate and they said, Can we seal the stone and set a guard on it? They gave their best shot to keep Jesus buried in this gospel silence forever. But it was hopeless then and it is hopeless today. For 20 centuries, the world has done its best. To keep Jesus buried and the gospel silenced forever. It was hopeless then, it's hopeless today, as I said. For 20 centuries the world has done its best to rid itself of Jesus, but they can't bury him, they can't silence him, they can't keep him down. No power on earth can stop the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It can cross every barrier, it does not need a visa to get into any nation on the planet. Through you and me and the Church of Jesus Christ, this gospel will be preached in all the world. Then the end will come, and countless multitudes, no man can number, will be saved. Revelation 3, 9 and 10, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, saying with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. We will get the job done. Here's a quote I heard recently, the power behind us is greater than the task before us. <laughs> that is good news, isn't it? So what's our response to the state of emergency? I'll give you three or four points. Number one, start, get started. Do something. This coming week, do something, anything. Ring someone who you haven't talked to for a long time. Maybe could be kind to a work colleague or someone on your street. Anything. Invite someone to church. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. I'm just asking you to take one single step this coming week, and you will be underway, and then the Holy Spirit will come behind you and help you. Secondly, Jesus was a friend of sinners, and God wants us to have sinner friends. It's a bit of a shock, isn't it? Our phone list should include some unsaved people. Luke 15:1 Tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Lost people were not running from Jesus, they were running to him. Why would that be? Well, the answer is simple, I think. He loved them. He didn't compromise his life, but he didn't condemn them either. He welcomed them as friends. You know, it's bad enough to be arrested. It's bad enough to be beaten illegally and crucified when you shouldn't be. But to be crucified between two common criminals seems to be the very depth of everything they could do to humiliate Jesus. Matthew 27, 38, two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and the other on the left. Isaiah 53, verse 12, he was numbered with the transgressors. Think about this throughout the entire life of Jesus. He was numbered with the transgressors. He was found among sinners. He came for sinners, he died for sinners. He knew sinners. He had them as friends at times, or most of the time. And being crucified, I've thought about this. You think about Jesus crucified between two sinners, two robbers. It seems so humiliating. It seems so wrong. But when you think about it, it gave two sinners access to Jesus and one final chance to be saved. And one of them responded, Jesus, to his dying breath, was among sinners seeking to bring anyone that He could to a knowledge of salvation. He could have been crucified between two disciples, and that would have been comforting for the disciples. But nowhere near as important as what was at stake for the two sinners, the two robbers. The challenge for you and me is to be found among sinners as salt and light, directing people to Jesus, not being influenced by them, not compromising not going backwards in our Christian faith, but shining as light in the darkness, among those who do not know Jesus. You can do something, and so can I. There was a story in a paper not long ago. You've heard about this one, Bad Girl Gone Good. It was about Heather, And $2,000 a night as a stripper. Then she got saved, gave up the $2,000 a night, ended up on a church staff, (laughs) paid a bit less than that. (laughs) What would she do? She'd run a stall in Las Vegas at these expos, reaching out to strippers and prostitutes, and people in porn. And she said her message was this. She wanted them to know they were welcomed into church, that there was a place for them, that they would be loved and they would be accepted. This is the greatest story ever told. As long as it stays inside the four walls, it stays a secret, and when we get it out there, it can change and impact so many lives. That was Heather's story. That was her testimony. She went to a church which welcomed strippers, (laughs) prostitutes, and she got saved radically. friends of sinners. Not compromising, not getting worldly, no, none of that. The second thing that Pastor Steve passed on this tip to me, he said, know your testimony in 60 seconds. I said, make a start. This coming week, why don't you write out your testimony in 60 seconds. Maybe how you got saved. or here's a thought. Is What is the most significant thing Jesus has done for you? For some of you, most of you can say, man, my life was an absolute mess. I was going down the drain. You know, I hated people. And then Jesus has changed my life. 60 seconds. Everyone loves a feel-good story. Don't they? Everyone loves a story of someone's life who's been changed. How many of you people, your life's been changed through Jesus? Give me a wave. Write it out. Write it out and tell somebody, find someone to tell, people will respond. But don't ever get into a debate or an argument with people, because that will shut the door. (laughs) I used to do that. I remember being out in the car park once, four guys, and I said, do you guys know Jesus? They started laughing and mocking me, and I said, you guys, if you don't get your lives right, you're going to burn in the fires of hell. (laughs) They just laughed at me. (laughs) Really, that didn't mean anything. I was was a zeal without knowledge. So don't get into an argument. Don't get into a debate, all right? Because that will, I'll tell you, will shut the door. 60 seconds. Come on, write it out. I promise you, if you write it out and know it, God will give you opportunity to share it. He won't waste that. He'll back you up. That's the second thing you could do. There's a third thing you can do. Or the fourth thing. The fourth thing is you can come to New Zealand and beyond. I'm really giving you a reason for it. Because you can be a part of the team that one helps change this nation because this conference is and will continue to do so. But also, you can be a part of a team that helps people encounter God. Maybe get healed, maybe have their breakthrough. You become part of the team that is our response to the state of emergency. You may not do anything else. Maybe that's one thing that wouldn't be too hard to do. Be a part of the team, the response team of Church Unlimited across all campuses to this extraordinary state of emergency in which we find ourselves. I want us all to stand together. Campuses, please, wherever you are. Stand with us right now because I wrap this message up. I want us to do something. My first point was a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. We're going to take a single step right now, okay? I've got one minute, 46 seconds left on the clock. And I'm going to give you 60 seconds right now to pray for some unsaved or backslidden person This is your response to the state of emergency. If you have not filled in this card, that's your response to the state of emergency. Come on, let's lift your voice. Why don't you lift your voice a little bit louder than you've ever done it before, just as a response that this is an emergency as the rest of the musicians come and join us and the team comes to the platform, please. Just cry out to God. There's someone you know who's unsaved. Father, in Jesus' name, Spirit of the Lord, Father, cry out to You, cry out to You, God, Lord, for my family, Father. Each and every one of them I bring to the throne room of God, and I pray, my God, for their salvation by the Spirit of the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost. My God, in Jesus' name, my God, in Jesus' name, Father, by Your Spirit and Your power, by Your anointing and Your mighty hand, my God, work salvation. Work salvation, work salvation. Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the
1: Lord.
0: Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Keep praying for those folks, people. Fill in your cards, hand them in on the way out. And um, thank you, campuses, for joining with us today. It's been great to have you a part of the service And I'll hand back to the campus pastors right now. God bless you all. Love you. Take care. Amen. Hey, don't forget, as we're going to.